This episode of the Locked On Sabres podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is the Thursday edition of the Lockdown Sabres podcast. No Jordan Hanskin today, just Joe DiBiase. About just over 24 hours away, uh, about 30 hours away actually from the time of recording, to the first round of the NHL draft where the Sabres will pick first overall and maybe they will trade Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, or Rasmus Ristolainen. We held a Spotify green, green Room live edition of the podcast today uh, on all that's going on with Eichel trade rumors, Reinhardt trade rumors, and Ristolainen trade rumors because we had a lot of them from Thursday. we got a few minutes here. Uh, I'm actually off today at WGR, so I had a couple of minutes. I'm going to a music thing a little bit later on. It's a girlfriend's birthday, so I took the day off. Uh, and that was a risk, by the way, because we are just over 24 hours out from the NHL draft. And you got to believe that the the Eichel trade talks, the Reinhardt trade talks, the Ristolainen trade talks are really going to pick up in the next little while. Now that the expansion draft trade freeze has been lifted, that was lifted at one o'clock. Uh, so we've got some rumors to go over, uh, including on Eichel, including on Reinhardt as well as, uh, I don't know, do we have anything on Ristolainen? I'm playing catch-up mode. I have not been home all day yet, and I've kind of been a little bit off the grid. So even the, just a couple minutes uh, before I, I hit start here, I was kind of trying to catch up on what's going on. I know I saw Elliot Friedman, and I heard some of his comments today on the instigators and WGR. Friedman talking about how you've got uh, – what was it? Was he the one who said a first-round pick and a prospect for Sam Reinhart? Maybe that wasn't him. That might have been somebody else. But somebody out there today had a first-round pick and a prospect as the asking price for Sam Reinhart. Um, Friedman, I've heard the Flyers are out on Jack Eichel. I didn't know that they were ever in, by the way. They were never mentioned. But they have talked about Sam Reinhart and Rasmus Ristolainen. The acquisition of Ryan Ellis may change their situation on Ristolainen, though. Uh, Jeremy White tweeted uh, about 25, 30 minutes ago about watch out for the Flyers because they just picked up some cap space by trading Shane Gossespierre uh, or sending him really to the Coyotes uh, along with a second round pick for them to take that contract. So keep an eye on the Flyers, not for Eichel, but Reinhardt makes a lot of sense for them. I don't think Ristolainen does make a lot of sense for them. I think Ryan Ellis is a much better hockey player. He's a much better defenseman. I think they already made their big move on the blue line, but Ristolainen on the back end for them, you know, Philly strikes me as a team, a city, an organization that likes guys like Ristolainen, but again, they already got Ellis. I think Reinhardt makes more sense for them uh, to play in their top six. Nolan Patrick, who they drafted second overall a couple of years ago, I think they really wanted to develop into a top six forward, uh, center or wing. They can kind of have him do either because Claude Giroux has that positional flexibility to play either. And Patrick did not become that player. Big concussion issues. He got traded. He's now in Nashville. So Reinhardt could maybe supplement what the Flyers wanted to get Nolan Patrick uh, to be, and it didn't happen. So the Flyers are interesting to look at. On the Eichel trade front, um, and by the way, it was Friedman. Friedman was the say, one that said, I've heard there's a ton of interest in Reinhardt. The asking return from the Sabres has been a first-round pick and a prospect. There's a lot of situations. Buffalo will have that 
will allow the team to move him whenever that happens. Um, Reinhardt, though, unlike Ristolainen, like Ristolainen, I think I would take almost any first round pick. Uh, the team I have always used for this is the Devils. They possess the fifth overall pick, their own. They also possess the New York Islanders' 29th overall pick in the Kyle Palmieri trade from the deadline. And if they come at you and say, well, if the Sabres say we want a first round pick for Ristolainen, and the Devils go, okay, here's 29 overall. If I'm the Sabres, I say deal. Reinhardt, your asking price is a first round pick and a prospect. One of those two things needs to be elite. It either needs to be a really high first round pick or it needs to be an elite level prospect. The guys that we mentioned for Eichel, usually we're mentioning two, right? Like Zegras and Drysdale or Boldy and, uh, and Rossi. Give me, if, if the Wild, for instance, wanted to go to Reinhardt instead of Eichel, give me Rossi and the 21st pick. And I think that's a deal that you can get done. But if someone wants to come at you with their third best prospect, their fourth best prospect as the guy in the Reinhardt trade, well, you better have a top 15, if not top 10 pick. The Kings make a lot of sense for Reinhardt. They insist over and over through the media that the Kings are not in on the Jack Eichel trade front. And maybe that's because they don't want to give up the eighth overall pick along with Quentin Byfield and or Alex Turcott. But Reinhardt should not cost you Byfield Tur- or even Turcott. I think if the Kings came at you with, I don't have, uh, we have not spent a lot of time on them with the Eichel trade front because they've kind of been reportedly out on it. But if the Kings came at you, I think with the eighth overall pick and their third best prospect, I think I would take that for Sam Reinhardt. Or if they wanted to give you their first round pick next year, but they wanted to give you Byfield or Turcott, then I would do that as well. Byfield is a really nice prospect, by the way, but he kind of reminds me of Reinhardt, not just because they were both drafted second overall, but they both were centers coming into the league. It seemed like everyone wanted to make them wingers. They weren't the best skaters, the fastest skaters in the world, but they had that elite level hockey IQ and they had pretty good skills at everything. Pretty good passers. Actually, both would be great passers. Pretty good shots. You know, they're not the fastest guys in the world, as I mentioned, but they're not also terrible skaters. So I think the Kings for Reinhardt make a lot of sense, maybe with the eighth overall pick. That deal, though, I I don't know if that deal has to happen by tomorrow night. Maybe there's the least amount of pressure to make the Reinhardt trade happen by tomorrow. The Eichel and the Reinhardt deal and the Ristolainen deal seem to be on the front burner here. Um, Friedman also did say that he thinks the Ducks have circled back on Jack Eichel. And that's something we'll get into in a second here because I, uh, I've i never bought for a second that the Ducks or even the Kings have been out on Jack Eichel despite uh, what they're they're trying to insist that that's the case. Uh, all right, Al wants to jump in here. Al, you are uh, on a live edition of Lockdown Savers. What's up, man? Hey, dude. Um, do you think the Gossespeer trade is more likely what we're going to get for Risto? Um. Do you mean, wait, well, but they sent a second-round pick along with Gostaspear to get him away. So they oh, actually did I not even really acquire anything. I thought they gave up a second and a seventh to acquire him. No, no, that, man. That's yeah. more likely what I think we're going to get for Risto. I don't see us getting a first or, or a second in a top prospect. Would I you take maybe, that? Uh, I think the best deal we're going to get for Risto is maybe a second-round pick or a third. But, and would you be know. happy with that? Do you think that's fair value? Oh, I would not be happy with that, but I mean, 
Okay. What can you say what fair value is with Risto at this point is? <laughs> That's definitely true. I mean, we've been wondering what fair value is for five years. Thanks, Al. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, the, the trade was Gossas Beer, a second and a seventh to the Coyotes for nothing. Like that, that literally was the trade. It was a cap dump, a uh, strict cap dump by the, the Philadelphia Flyers. Gossas Beer had been on waivers last season. Nobody claimed him. Nobody wanted the contract. So the Flyers had to give the Coyotes something to take him. Now, if you want to use, though, the picks and just pretend that they were on the flip side of that, then, yeah, that makes some sense. If it was a second-round pick and then a later-round pick for Ristolainen, I think that is realistic to think that that might be what ends up being the package. Because if someone had – I think if someone had thought Ristolainen was worth a first-round pick and a young defenseman, the Sabres would have traded him three years ago, and he's still here. What does that tell you? They don't see that other teams don't have Ristolainen as highly valued as the Buffalo Sabres do. And to me, something's got to give there. And I think what's it, it could happen where the Jets finally say, all right, fine, we'll give you what you want. Or the Oilers. The Oilers are the dumb team, it seems, right now in the league. So maybe they're the ones who do it. We'll give you the first in a prospect. That's just the Oilers. I mean, holy cow, call Ken Holland. Call him every two seconds to get him to do this deal. But if it's not them, uh, I think – it's more likely that the Sabres will be the ones that have to to give way a little bit. And what would that be? Yeah, probably what you're talking about, like a second-round pick uh, and maybe a throw-in. Uh, Josh says in the chat, I honestly am not getting my hopes up for any trade. I'm getting my hopes up for the Eichel and Reinhardt trades. Maybe I shouldn't be. I am not assuming that I'm going to be happy with them. In fact, I am definitely terrified that they're going to blow up in our faces and that they're not going to be that good. Like the Ducks offers, the Wild offers, like, man, are we going to get to an Eichel trade and be Matthew Boldy, the 21st pick, and Kevin Fiala, or a first next year? Because two firsts and a good prospect sounds pretty good, but a late, if you really boil it down and you kind of look deeper into a potential deal and you can go ahead and say, well, it's, a tw- it's the 21st pick, it's a prospect who's very good, but he's not projecting to be a superstar. And a guy that's 27 years old, that's you know probably not, not going to be his prime by the time I'm good. That's not a good offer. That's not a good trade. And I'm worried the Sabres will settle for something like that. Uh, so far, so good, though. It sounds like they have been holding firm, Kevin Adams has been, on his, uh, his request for a trade package. Anyways, I, I teased that Friedman said that the Ducks – have circled back around on Jack Eichel. I don't buy for a second that the Ducks have ever been out on Eichel. I think this is flexing. This is teams trying to convince the Sabres that they are not in on Eichel. I think the only team you have really seen that that hasn't been out there about is the Wild. The Wild, it just sounds like they've always been in the Eichel sweepstakes. But the Rangers, you always hear about, well, they don't really want to give Lafreniere and they're not going to get into a bidding war. And you hear the same thing about the Ducks and the Kings. Have below. They've never even had Eichel on the wish list. And Calgary's out on Eichel. Well, maybe that's true. Maybe teams are worried about the injury. That's possible. But I can't believe every team in the league would not. Someone's going to give. Someone's going to give. And I think Minnesota makes a lot of sense for this. Think about why Minnesota would make this deal. Why would they, why would they assume the risk of trading for a player with 50 plus million dollars left on his deal that you're going to have to tear apart future assets to get just to get him here when there's an injury risk. Well, the reason why you do it 
is the Minnesota Wild have existed for 21 years, and they have never had a franchise number one center. Never. Two decades into the league, they have never had that player. And those guys don't become available. John Tavares became available once, and it was really only between the Islanders or going home. So a team like Minnesota, you're not getting your hands on that guy. You know, Steven Stamkos almost hit the open market, but really he ended up going back to Tampa Bay. That Those are like the only two examples I can point to. The guys just don't become available. And Eichel, at his age and at his skill level, there has to be teams that will assume the risk of the injury because the upside is getting a player that you only get at the top of the draft. That's it. And the Wild... Typically, by the way, they're usually a franchise that are pretty good. They're never a Stanley Cup contender, but they're never that bad. They're always picking between like 10 and 22. And you're very, very, very rarely going to get Jack Eichel level centers uh, in those in, the, in that range of the draft. So this is kind of their way of doing something they've never been able to do. And, you know, if the Ducks don't want to be floating around for the next 15 years looking for their next Jack Eichel, Hey, go make the trade. Assume the risk of the injury. If the Kings want their next Anze Kopitar, assume the risk of the injury. Because that's it's the only way you're getting this guy. It's the only way you're getting a player like this is if that happens. Uh, Ryan Snyder wants to say something. Ryan, what's up? You're on a live edition of Lockdown Savers. I was just going to say, I feel like unless the Rangers are going to blow you out of the water with a trade offer, you don't take anything from them. There is no reason to keep Jack in the Eastern Conference unless you really want to visit him like four times a year. Right. What What would be blowing away for you? Is that Lafreniere? Uh, and like, yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like it's got to be like Lafreniere. I, I wouldn't. Maybe you don't have to add Kako in there, but like it has to be Lafreniere. They're like third tier prospect, a first round pick, maybe Heedle. Like you got to get like blown out of the water. Like I want I want Kevin Adams to be like, all right, well I cannot trade that down. That would make me look silly. Yeah. No, that's actually, Ryan, thanks. That's a good point. Uh, Because if you do think about it, why would you make a deal with them unless they blow you away? Because what it seems to me is, you know, like the the offers that these Ranger fans and Ranger bloggers want to throw at you, what are they usually? They're like Mika Zibanejad or Philip Cheadle. Uh, Rarely you'll get Kako thrown in there even, and I'm not even the biggest Kako fan. Uh, but yeah, like Cheadles, Abanajad, Ryan Strom is always thrown in there. The 16th overall pick that they have, maybe a first next year. Just this mishmash of stuff that's like, eh, it could be okay, but nothing that's really an elite level asset. Why would I take that when it's comparable at best to these other offers? I think it's a worse offer. Like Cheadle, even like Georgiev and two firsts, that type of offer. That, that might be what the Rangers think is the most they do. And I'd rather have the Wilds offer. I'd rather have the Ducks' second-best offer. I'd rather have the Kings' second-best offer. I'd rather have the eighth overall pick and Alex Turcott straight up. And I'm not even getting Quentin Byfield from the Kings in that deal. You know? Like, to me, the Rangers need to outbid these other teams. And they're lucky if they can even do that. Like Lafreniere, Kako, and, and the 16th pick. Does that does that have to be a better offer than the Wilds? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But the Wild maybe would then throw in an extra first round pick. They seem pretty desperate. Boldy and Rossi, I think, are at least comparable in level of of in, in their caliber compared to Kako and Lafreniere. I think Lafreniere outranks 
Boldy and uh, outranks Boldy and Rossi. But I'd rather Boldy and Rossi than Kako at this point. Maybe that's I don't think that's that crazy. Um, so like the Rangers, like if you really want to be serious about this, like let's go throw your best offer at us because your best offer is as good as the the Ducks' second best offer. The the rain, the king's second best offer and the the wild's best offer, which might be on the table. Um, otherwise, yeah. And why would I want to trade him in conference? Why would I want to trade him to a team that's up and coming? They have a good young core, and they have a star player in Artemi Panarin. They have good goaltending uh, in the future with Shisterkin and Georgiev. They have the best defenseman in the world right now, with Adam Fox, who just won the Norris. They have another elite franchise. Uh, level prospect on the blue line in Keandre Miller. Like, why do I want to help them out? Because that's a juggernaut in the making if they get Jack Eichel without giving up one of their star players. And he mentioned Lafreniere there, who's got star level potential on the wing. So I don't want to help the Rangers out at all because I do think that they're a juggernaut in the making. And I think teams like the Ducks, they're in the West anyway, so I shouldn't care in the first place. But the Ducks are a joke right now. And Eichel makes them somewhat respectable, but they're not a playoff team to me, even with him. The Wild, I, the Wild would be the team. Because the Kings, even the same thing. They're old at this point. And if they got Eichel, they're not a Stanley Cup contender to me. They're a, maybe I'm competing for the playoffs. Um, who else has been interested? Calgary, but that's kind of maybe done now. Minnesota would be the team. Like, for Eichel to go to and, like, they're going to be a winner right away, it would be the Rangers, which I don't want to have happen. And it would be the Wild, which I don't care as much because they're in the West. The Wild would be a great team, I think, uh, if they were to add Eichel. A word for bet online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but you got the NBA, college hoops, the NHL, all in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. For the Sabre games, you could bet on the exact amount of which either the Sabres or their opponent will win by. So if you think the Sabres are going to win by exactly two, you can find odds for the Sabres winning by exactly two. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. The best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag is the site. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Remember to use the promo code Locked on. RockAuto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's see, Nicholas on the chat. The Reinhardt to Flyers connection from NRD, NHL Rumors Daily, excites me. York, Farabee, or Konechny in addition to their one this year and run. 
I oh Reinhardt, right? I, I thought I thought I read Eichel by accident, but yeah, Reinhardt. If the, connect me, holy cow, connect me in the first pick for Reinhardt would be a dream. I have loved Travis Konechny ever since he entered the NHL. Uh, I couldn't believe he went late first round in that draft class. If you remember, that was the 2015 draft class, McDavid, Eichel. And Konechny at the Don Cherry Prospects game that year, uh, playing on a line with McDavid and like all these other insanely good prospects, was the best player in the entire game, and it wasn't even close. Like He was unbelievable. And his... His draft capital went up a little bit from like a second round pick to a late first round pick, but he went late first round pick, and I couldn't believe it because the the skating was just electric. And what's he been in the league? You know, sixty one points in sixty six games in his last full season in twenty nineteen twenty. This past year, thirty four points in fifty games. He got two hundred nineteen points in three hundred forty nine games. So you've got a twenty four year old player that is about a fifty point player for his career. Uh, that that's a good player. He's very good um, on the back end as well uh, as a two-way player. He's not, you know, he's never going to be a superstar. Like, I think we kind of know what he is at 24 years old. Um, but he's a top six winger, and he's going to be on my team probably for a long time if you get him for Reinhardt. Uh, and then the first-round pick on top of that, yeah, the, the Flyers aren't picking. Actually, where are the Flyers picking? Let me look that up real quick. Uh, the Flyers are picking 14th, connect me in 14 for Reinhardt. I think I'd do that. I think I would do that for sure. I, I would do that. I don't think connect me is that much worse a player than Reinhardt. I do think he's definitely got a lower upside offensively than Reinhardt, but, um, it's not a crazy amount lower, you know, 50 point player versus 60 point player, uh, and then the last thing on Connect Me, just to round out the Flyers uh, aspect of that potential trade, because they do make sense to me for Reinhardt, uh, as people are kind of speculating about. Connect Me's contract, he's at $5.5 million and he's got four years remaining on his deal. Good, I've got control over that situation. It brings him up to 28 years old, still not too old even for that next extension, so he could be a guy that's around for a really long time. Um, yeah, I like it. Uh, Taco just threw in. Bruins were supposed to select Konechny. Yes, that was the infamous three straight first-round picks by the Bruins, which they totally screwed up. They could have had Konechny and Barzell, and they got Jacob Zaboral instead, who I don't even think is – is he in the NHL? If he is, he's, I know he's not a good player. Um, oh, I'm just looking through Twitter right now. Chuck Fletcher, GM of the Flyers, confirms they are in the market for a right-hand defenseman. Says that they have options there internally, but a right shot would be great. I think he's talking about to acquire, obviously. Uh, well, yeah, he said in the market. And, okay, circle back around to Ristolainen. I, I said a second ago that maybe there's um, maybe there's nothing there because they got Ryan Ellis, but Chuck Fletcher is telling you straight up. Maybe what, what, you, what you could get for Ristolainen and for... What, you, what could you get for Ristolainen and Reinhardt from the Flyers? Um, I still like Konechny being a part of it. But the Philly, though, they just don't really have those elite young players. Um, like Morgan Frost is a nice piece at 22 years old. Carter Hart. Carter Hart's interesting. He was really bad last year. But he's only 22. And what happened the last time the Flyers traded a a, a very highly touted young goaltender that had a bad season? Uh, Bobrovsky became a two-time Vesna winner. So Carter Hart as an RFA, all right, 
I'm listening. That's not. I don't want the, that to be maybe the main piece. I'm not getting Ivan Provorov from them. I'm not getting Couturier. Not that I'd be in on that anyway because he's 28 years old. Um, yeah, there's maybe not a ton to work with if you throw Reinhardt in with Ristolainen. They, they probably have the assets to do one of those, but I don't really see them just looking at through their cap friendly and their prospect pool right now. I don't really see them as being a team that can get both. That would have been a, a big, uh, would have been a, a long reach anyway for them to get both guys. Cam York is their best prospect defenseman. Uh, and he's a good prospect, but not, not to the same level. These other guys were talking about, especially in the Eichel trade rumors. Um, is that it? I think that's it. Didn't have a ton of time here anyway. Thanks everybody for jumping in. Got a bunch of guys in, uh, on the little powwow here. No Ristolainen and trade. By the way, let me let me let me just talk about the expansion draft real quick because I'm going to use this as uh, as the lockdown Sabers podcast for uh, for Thursday here. I have cooled on losing Borgen. It's still somewhat upsetting to me. It is still to me bad asset management. But I asked yesterday. I was hosting expansion draft coverage on WGR, which, by the way, what a pain in the butt that was. Given that the league told you everybody that was being exposed eight hours before. And then we were waiting for all these side deals to happen. It was the only drama that you were waiting around for in the expansion draft. And we didn't get anything. Instead, we just got Kevin Weeks cutting fish open and telling us that Jared McCann was now on the Seattle Kraken. Like, holy cow with that show. Um, but Borgen, I, I asked the, the topic in the show was, how upset are you the Sabres have lost Borgen on a scale of 1 to 10? And I think the most popular answer was probably a 3 or a 4 among those on social media and those who called in. And you had your 1s and 2s. You had some sarcastic guys, of course, just that's Twitter. They're going to give you the minus 1,000s. I had some 8s, 9s, and 10s as well. I thought I was more at about a 5 or 6. I think I ended up at a 6 on this. And it wasn't all about them in this decision. I think they probably made the right decision. It sounds like they're going to get more for him. It's still a risk, and we'll see. But it sounds like they're going to get more than what Will Borgen was valued at for Ristolainen. And in that case, they did make the right decision. But my frustration more so lies in the fact that Borgen developed here for five years, and it was it, it took a, a freak accident of six defensemen getting injured for him to get any playing time. You know, this has been an organization where young players developing just don't get a chance to prove that they're developed. And Borgen is the poster child for that. He's going to go to Seattle, and he I think he's going to play. I know they took a lot of defensemen, but I think he's good. I think he's going to play in that lineup, and I think we're going to get a chance to see that he's actually a useful NHL defenseman. And I think he could have been a useful NHL defenseman two and a half years ago. But the Sabres are just not the team that are ever going to give a kid like that a chance. They've been the team that goes and signs Matt Irwin three weeks before the season and has him play 17 minutes a night. Some 34-year-old guy who's going to be out of the league in six months. And that gives me nothing towards the future of my organization, the future of my franchise. And it doesn't even allow me to find out what I have in these young players. So that was part of the reason I was frustrated. And I know that isn't exactly uh, directly correlated to the exact decision to leave him unprotected. But it's just more the frustration that you put five years of development into this guy and you never saw anything out of him. And I don't blame him for it. I blame the team for just not giving him a chance. And, but, but I will say on the flip side of that, I think them hiring Don Granado makes me optimistic that's going to change. 
because we saw the change after he took over. You saw Dylan Cousins play an expanded role, getting matched up against Sidney Crosby. You saw Casey Middlestat and Tage Thompson getting opportunities to go out in late-game situations to try to tie it when they're down one, and they did it a couple times. You saw Darlene have his minutes increased. You saw him being allowed to go all over the ice and play a complete all-over-the-ice defenseman type of role rather than just being stagnant blue line, playing the big minutes uh, on the ice. You saw Yoki Haru get a minute uptick under um, under Don Granado, and those guys got more of the tougher matchups than they typically would, and they flourished in it. Um, there are other guys I know I'm forgetting. I mean, Middlestat himself, you can look at and just say he was on the taxi squad at the beginning of the year. And by the end, you had Don Granado putting him on the second line as a second line center. And he proved that he was worth it by scoring, what was he at, a 47-point pace under Don Granado. He was on like a 27-goal pace. I know that. I think around 50 points is where he was. Where he was. Um, and Bryson got chances to play late. Matias Samuelson got chances to play late. I'm hopeful that the what Borgen suffered from, which was being buried in the minors for far too long, is changing uh, with the hire of Don Granado and the way this team is going forward now post-Ralph uh, Kruger um, and Bilesma and <laughs> Rolston and all of them. All of them. Ted Nolan, they all did it the same way. They'd rather... Most of the coaches and GMs the Sabres have had would rather play the Matt Irwins. They'd rather play the Riley Sheads, the guys that showed up on PTOs a week ago because they're veterans and they, they're not going to make the mistakes and they're 35 years old. And I want, that from now on, give that those minutes, those opportunities, to the 21-year-old, give it to Artur Rutzelainen and see if he might be able to play so he doesn't go back to Europe. You know, Pilot was that too. I know people are sick of hearing about Pilot, especially the guys that are, what do I want here, <laughs> kind of annoyed with all the analytics on Sabres Twitter. But you don't have to look at Pilot's analytics. Just look at the fact that he was a 23-year-old defenseman that came overseas to play for you, and you couldn't let him get in the lineup because you just you had to have him in Rochester. And you know what? Maybe he wouldn't have been good. Maybe he would have ended up back in the KHL because he stunk, but you never found out because you only played him like 40 games or 30 games in his career, and he was always playing protected limited minutes. So I'm just hoping that that's going to change. Um, I'm going to do one last check of Twitter before I wrap here um, just to make sure that I have not missed anything because you never know the way trades are going right now. Um, nope, that's going to be it. All right. All right, guys, thanks for joining me. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, you want to listen to it back. Uh, if you talked on the show and you want to listen to yourself back, I'm going to save the audio in a couple minutes here and post it up as a podcast. Uh, and it should be up probably in about a half hour. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. It's been a live edition of the Locked On Savers podcast on the Spotify Green Room app.